0: So, um, my name is Chauncey. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm from Montreal in Canada. Uh, the topic of this workshop is relapse or slip. Um, this session is being taped and you will not, it will not be edited. Please note the session will be available online or a podcast feed. Anyone wishing to remain anonymous should use a fictitious name. Uh, we have a timer. Thank you. Um, so... Ed and I are going to share each about twenty minutes, and after that, we'll have time for questions and share- sharing. Uh, pitch three-minute pitches. So, um, could we start with a serenity prayer? God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thank you. So, um, I was in program for about a decade, and um, when I first came in, I didn't even know what compulsive overeating was, Uh, and I thought I was the only Looney Tune that closed the curtains and ate like crazy at home. I thought I was alone. I thought nobody else in the universe did this. So, coming into OA many years ago... Uh, was kind of like a, uh, was knowledge and self-knowledge. And uh, anyway, I worked quite a good program and I did uh, lots of service and um, did well for nine years or so. And then I started slip-sliding, just started going to less meetings, calling my sponsor less. Anyway, and eventually you know what happened. And I finally, I said, I'm getting out of here. If I'm not going to do the program, I'm leaving. So I left And uh, then I did, as we say, research, trying to find a different way. I don't know, but yeah, I was trying to find an easier way. Then I I was, so I was out for about 10 years. I'm just saying 10 because it's nice and easy. A decade, it was approximately that. And uh, during that time, I went back to my old lover, uh, who never uh, failed to uh, please me initially for about, 20 seconds, and then until I was right back into the throes of complete compulsive overeating. Um, I tried during that time to eat to the bottom of my compulsion. I thought maybe that was my new way of trying to see if I could just act on every food that I had, and maybe that would help me just to finally get to the bottom of it and get over this. Anyway, uh, the bottom never came. And despite um, causing a life-threatening uh, gallbladder attack, I just kept right on eating. And I did not come back for a, a good decade. I came back here in 2005. I came crawling back to OA. I sat at the back of the room. I was angry and resentful because I didn't want to be a compulsive overeater. I just wanted to be a normal eater. Anyway, um this time around though, I think the first time I'm not um, belittling what I learned, it was very important what I learned in program, but it was all head knowledge. This second time around, I think my the longest journey I've ever went for was from here to here. It became more heart knowledge and I found myself more deeply accepting that I am a compulsive overeater. And You know, that's what I was, that was my problem before I wasn't really uh, deeply accepting it. So, um, since 2005, I, every morning when I open up my eyes, I acknowledge gratitude for a new day. And the first thing I say is, God, I'm a compulsive overeater. This food thing has me beaten. I can't do it without you. Please help me and help me through this day. And so, My acceptance of myself as a compulsive overeater is just deeper and more profound this time around. And I think that's why the program is, my commitment is deeper. And So, one thing that had blocked my progress, however, or not so much my progress, but my service commitment in program, was this thing about slip versus relapse. And I think because perfectionism is a big thing from my growing up years, I guess it is for a number of people. But uh, I grew up in a in the house of correction where uh, I needed to. I think I got the subtle message that I needed to be perfect as a girl. I was in a um, male dominated family with two brothers above and two brothers below, and I was the girl. So I was expected to be. Um, I don't know. Just I just felt like perfection was what i was expected was expected of me so i was never good enough and so consequently my abstinence in my program was never perfect so it was always an issue like i always felt like i had to go back to the beginning and start over start with uh, start all over that was the whole thing like starting all over because my abstinence wasn't perfect so my message today, what I would like to share with you, and this is only me. I know people have different views in the program. But I need to stay away from perfect anything. I'm not perfect. I'm never going to be perfect. I don't have perfect abstinence. I have a good, solid, strong abstinence. It is not perfect. And so that's where the subject of a slip comes up. I, Because I'm human, I have had times where I have had a slip in-program by consuming something that was dubious or not on, my, um, not on my food plan or having seconds when I don't want to do that. Um, I'm not saying that slips are okay. I think they're very dangerous. But uh, because I'm human, I have been known to falter on occasion. In my old dieting days... I would be rigid and self-disciplined. And um, then when I couldn't stand the restricting anymore, of course, then I would go off and binge. This is a story most of us know. But that is dieting mentality. And I don't live there anymore, and I don't want to do that. So when I have a slip because I'm a human being, and I imagine before I die I might have another slip, it's not okay, but it's... I just am more forgiving of myself. I'm more gentle with myself. And what I need to do is up my program. I know I'm in trouble when I have a slip. I need to up my program, and I need to call my sponsor, and I need to right away write about it, increase my contact with my higher power, increase my usage of the tools and my steps. So a slip can have boundaries around it. It can stop right now, and I can get right back in the OA saddle, so to speak. And um, although a slip is a red flag, it does not not mean that it's the end of the world. That is dieting mentality, and I don't want to live there anymore. I don't live there anymore. This program, we often say, is about progress, not perfection. And uh, so, if I say, after I slip, if I was to say oh, the hell with the program, and I'm going to just have what I want when I want it, and I want it now, Uh, that's different. I mean, that's a different thing, and that is what I call relapse. So my thing is just to say that um, I need to ask myself what I was thinking during that time, what I was thinking just before, what I was thinking during, and what what I'm thinking now after, and write about it, and... um, I need to pray for honesty. And um, then I need to take some action, positive program actions to um, get over that so a slip doesn't have to become a relapse. Um, I would like to share with you a metaphor that I read in Lifeline magazine that really helped me a lot. Um, And it talked about someone going on a road trip some of you might know this story, going on a road trip from L.A. to, I mean from New York City, where Ed is from, to L.A. And halfway through, they got a flat tire. Now, one doesn't go back to New York to restart the trip because you had a flat tire. You fix the flat tire and you carry on. So that is my uh, simple uh, message is that, If I slip, I fix the problem and I carry on. I try to live my program like that now with honesty and humility and humanity and discipline and kindness to myself. And I guess I'm finishing early, but I'm going to just finish off by something. Um, Last year, a year ago, the uh, convention was in Toronto, which some of you were at. And when I was leaving, uh, someone came out into the parking lot to say thank you to me for the talk I was speaking about last year. And she said something that really uh, helped me or really touched me. And it was, um, we've all heard the beginning of this, but she added an extra thing at the end. She said, we came for the vanity, we stayed for the sanity, and we find our humanity. Thank you.
1: Good afternoon everybody. My name is Ed and I'm a compulsive eater. Hi Ed. From Queens, New York. Woo. <laughs> and my home meeting now is um, My home meeting, you hear me now? Yeah. My home meeting is East Hills, uh, Long Island. My that's my home meeting now, my home meeting for a lot of years was the LGBT Center in Manhattan. The reason I'm not going there anymore is because I'm having problems with a knee and I can't walk up and down the the subway stairs. So that's why I had to change my um, home meeting, which is on Saturday morning. Anyhow, I came in program 1983, the end of October, beginning of November, and I've never left. I kicked kicked and screamed, Uh, walked out of meetings, cursed at meetings, um, did a lot of things that I shouldn't have done at meetings. I even popped chocolate at a meeting. (laughs) So I, my food has no boundaries. Anyhow, I had six and a half years of imperfect abstinence and, um, I, would, I did a lot of speaking, and I was on that pink cloud and the big head that I am the great I am. Uh, today, I don't speak more than once a month, and I go in a room. Sometimes I speak. Sometimes I just pass and, and, and listen. Uh, anyhow, I was absent in six and a half years. I had changed a job. Now, I have to tell you, I I graduated high school, and I graduated as a functioning illiterate. So I have issues. I had a lot of challenges. Uh, At the age of uh, 12, I was 270 pounds, 271 pounds. Uh, My top weight was 365 pounds. Um... I changed my job and I was at a, 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 a hundred I was at the time a hundred and ten pounds or something like that. And I couldn't handle the job because I couldn't take the stress. I had to come in on a sudden on a Saturday morning and take whatever phone. I was in a service business, so customers would call up if they needed emergency delivery. I would have to write it down, and, and I couldn't do this. And I was getting like nuts. Uh, I had to come in like once a month, and it worked on me—the fear—and I eat over fear. I eat over success too, but fear is more than success. So I start anesthetizing myself with the food. And the food, the, the slips, went to full-blown eating. And what happened was um, I called up. I went to a, uh, a rehab in Florida. And I was there 45 days in a 28-day program. And I came home to New York, and I was back in the food within 24 hours. And that lasted a total between the rehab and recovery again, three and a half years. Now, in that three and a half years that I was out there, I went to at least one meeting a week. I would go in late and leave early, and anybody that came over to me, I would be cursing at uh, you know, leave me the... You fill in the blanks. Um, and the harder I tried, I tried gray sheet. I tried purple sheet. I tried every sheet that I could to get abstinent. I had a sponsor. Sponsor didn't do it for me. Nobody could do it for me but my... I don't want to say the God of my understanding, but the God of my understanding. And... um I got abstinent, but in that three-and-a-half-year run, I picked up bulimia. I became a laxative person, and I gained, with taking laxatives, I gained 86, 87 pounds. Um, my top weight, I said, was 365. I originally lost 165 pounds, um, and I'm maintaining 140-pound weight loss now. Now, how do I define between a slip and a binge? To me, a slip is if, now, I don't weigh and measure my food. I used to. I just don't do it anymore. I was in a service business where I had to um, deal with restaurants. Um, also, another fellowship. And when they would offer me um, some kind of alcoholic beverage, I would say I'm on medication. And I can't. Have it and they all understand that, but when you go into a restaurant and they want to push food at you, you can't tell them you're on medication. Uh, so I make up another story, but I sometimes I'm forced to have something um, for whatever reason in my arm, mind, or whatever. And I discussed this with my sponsor, and he said, oh, Have a, a little salad, have a couple of bites, and walk away from it, you know. And um, that was my idea of working and that was my abstinence I would get up in the morning I my breakfast if I at, at 12 1 o'clock I would have lunch I was out and I went to a customer or whatever I would eat my lunch there um, and I would have my dinner when I got home uh, if I had to have a little bit of salad or something that was fine uh, my sponsor said it's okay you're not going to kill yourself you're not going to die My abstinence basically is I don't eat flour products. Sometimes, occasionally, there's something that I might eat, but on the whole, I don't eat flour products. I um, don't eat sugar products. Now, I don't know if sugar is in. The only thing I order that I know might have sugar, if it's in a restaurant, is I eat blue cheese dressing occasionally, and I dip the fork in the dressing, and then... Pick up my salad. Uh, so I don't know if I'm totally 100% sugar-free, but I don't put sugar f- food, sugar in my in my body knowingly. It's sugar there. Um, I don't eat ice cream, cookies, cake, and candy. Those were my four food groups when I was eating. Um, occasionally, do I have more protein? Yeah. Um, I. Now weigh myself up by about three times a year, four times a year. I weigh myself maybe three or four times a year for the simple reason the scale is never going to be right. It's either going to be too much or too little. I basically judge myself by what clothes I wear. I'm retired 11 years. My suits are about 18 years old. I had an occasion this year to go to, I think it was three affairs. My wife retired, so I needed a suit. I just went to a wedding. I needed a suit. And it might have been one other time. And guess what? That suit that's 18 or 20 years old fits me. So I don't have to get myself tortured by a scale. That's just for me. If my sponsees tell me they ate a little bit more salad, you know what? Do yourself a favor. Straighten yourself out don't go back to day one and continue on the journey but if you start telling me what you're eating and you're getting crazy every day, well then you got to go back to day one because there is consequences in life and for every consequence for every consequence, for every action there is a reaction and there is every action there is a consequence. I also picked up somebody gave me a long way. And, and, and this is something I look at, and I'm going to, if I can pull it up, it's, it's, it's a, f- a short you know, little thing. It says, cowards never start, the weak never finish, and the winners never quit. So it doesn't make a difference where you are, whether you're binging your brains out. As long as you keep showing up in program, you got a chance You stick around with the winners, and, you know, you'll get it back again. If you didn't have it, you'll get it, and if you had it and lost it, you'll get it back. If it can happen to me, it can happen to anybody. Uh, As far as my higher power, and I believe in the steps, I work the steps to the best of my ability every day, it's never perfect. Um... My higher power is, is is actually Rocky Balboa, because he was a loser. I was a loser. This program gave me a new life. Um, that championship fight was his start of a new life. And and you know and his each each time each movie he has there is another message. And one of the messages is it doesn't make a difference how many times you fall down, how many times you're willing to get up. You never give up. And it's funny because I have the trilogy in the house. My wife bought it for me. But it seems whenever I'm in trouble, guess what? Rocky's on television. (laughs) And I listen to him. And I take something else away every time. And he can't fail because he's not a real person. Now, I also have, because my home group years and years ago, they know I was a Rocky fan and they know God was, Rocky was my hero. I have a picture of him and Adrian. And as I walk out of my bathroom... There's a picture there of Rocky and Adrian, and I see them every morning. I have a picture on my phone, and sometimes I look, and I don't care what works for anybody. As long as it's working for you, don't change it. I'm not changing mine. I don't compare. I don't look at somebody else's plate. I don't care what anybody says that's in my plate. I have friends in other Food fellowships, and I go to other food fellowships sometimes. I feel comfortable in any food fellowship I go to. I also got to tell you, I'm in Queens. Sometimes I show up on a Sunday morning in White Plains, New York, because there's a good, strong big book meeting. Uh, I'll go all the way out to the end of Long Island, because I get. sometimes you got to get tired, and you got to hear somebody else's message. Because the same message, you're going to the same meetings, you're going to get the same message, the same language. So sometimes I have to change it up. You know, it's like I don't want to eat the same fruit every day. I was also taught in rehab, don't eat the same food every day because then all of a sudden you get addicted to that food. So you should alternate your food. There's only one thing I really don't alternate, and my wife can be test to it. I shop Sunday morning. And I make protein for three or four days, and it's the same protein I make every Sunday. But you know what? I'm an addict too. But my diet, my food plan, and it's not a diet, it's a food plan. It's a way of life for me. This program is a way of life for me. And don't get between me and my food plan. Or my, excuse me, me and my program. Because I often say I can... And this is the truth, and my wife is actually sitting here now. I can get another wife. I don't know if I'm going to get another abstinence. I had that three and a half years of hell. I don't want it back. So with that, please keep coming back because, you see, I need you guys more than you need. I, I need you more than you think you need me. You don't need me, but I need you. I make my phone calls I talk to my sponsor. I talk to other people because what's going on, sponsor used to say to me, I used to turn food over every day. And he says, well, what's going on in your life? I eat what's going on in my life. I'm aggravated. I want to eat because I can't handle rejection. And I was in a job of rejection. I can't handle it. So I have to talk about it. Uh, we just signed a we just bought a condo in Florida, and I was telling my wife that de- I'm, I'm afraid if I want to get out of this thing, I can't handle it. I can express my feelings. I have people to express my feelings to. And I'm not ashamed to tell anybody anything because my life is an open book. Thank you all.
0: Hi, so. We would like to remind OA members who are in other 12-step fellowships to speak only to your personal recovery as an OA member. So this workshop will end at 4.45. We will now open the floor for three-minute pitches. The timer will signal to you uh, when you have one minute left. If you would like to share, come up to the room, the front of the room, and form a line over here on your right. You have to sign the release form first before you speak. Step up to the microphone and introduce yourself. Tell you where you are from and how long you've been in OA. And uh, we would like to remind OA members why I said that. Please stick to the topic of this meeting, which is relapse or slips. For those who arrived late, I just said that. The meeting is now open for sharing.
2: Hi, I'm Deb, a compulsive eater and food addict. And I really don't want to speak, but I've been thinking about this for two years. Um, At uh, Hartford two years ago, I spoke on this. I I remember sharing on this, and I keep thinking it was recorded, and somebody out there listens to it and actually believed what I said. Um, And I think that I was just in total denial at that time. And I think about this all the time. I was up there. I I, I was cocky um i've been in this program three and a half years i came in um pink cloud great lost 110 pounds in no time at all um and then the real work work started um you know the emotional roller coaster of doing the 12 steps i remember my sponsor saying yeah you're you're about right where you need to be um having to discover all this crap about yourself and Lighting up all the dark corners of your rooms you'd rather have hidden, but I remember speaking at, on this slip or relapse, and what I believe now is it is definitely something that is between you and your sponsor and your higher power, and I think you know in your gut what you're doing. Um, if you know, I've I've been in relapse for two plus years now, um, and I know when I'm about to slip. I know it, and i uh, my problem is I don't reach out um, and then once I'm off, well, screw it I'm off. I might as well have everything I haven't been able to have in the past so many years, um so I've been a binge eater um pretty badly in in the past oh sorry, um so that night in Hartford, I said that i you know. I'm not going to to go back to day one if I eat hummus or something like that. And I just, I don't know why I'm haunted by having said that. Um, to have anybody out there who's new believe what the heck I said. <laughs> um, it doesn't matter what you're eating. It matters how you're eating it. And again, um, it is between you and your sponsor. And my... My advice is to pick up the phone first. Um, I'm still working
3: on that myself. So thank you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm Lee, compulsive overeater. Right. Trying to stand on my tiptoes so I can reach this. Um, I've been in program 34 years. I've got two and a half years of abstinence. Uh, after uh, like an eighteen year struggle to get my abstinence back, the most I could put together was like ninety days so i For me, I know what relapse looks like um, the The thing that uh, I have to always be guided with is slips. Um, one day, I was measuring chicken, my protein chicken for my salad and I measured out on the scale what it should be and I was half an ounce over so I cut it off without thinking what did I do I popped it in my mouth you know and so I'm not going to put myself back to day one however what I did though after my meal I sat down and I wrote about it and I said you know what's going on today and I did get a piece of information about medical issues that I was less than happy about. And I said, you know, maybe in the back of my head that was sitting there. I do know, though, if I have too many slips, I'm on the road to relapse. And one last thing I want to share. If you don't have that little pop pocket uh, thing, pamphlet or whatever you call it, card, think for us. They were selling it at the literature table. It's wonderful. I was driving along. Every morning about 11, i drive to Dunkin' Donuts to get my iced coffee, even in winter. Driving along, and all of a sudden, out of the blue, the thought came into my head, wouldn't it be nice to have this with it? And I went, holy crap, where did that come from? I pulled off the road. I pulled out that little pocket thing. I read it. I said, please, God, if I can't just get the coffee, don't take me there. And then I called my house and left a message for myself on the machine that said, you are not getting anything but your iced coffee. <laughs> and, and then I knew I was okay and I could do it. But my disease is so insidious, I know it is always waiting there for it to just jump out and get me. And if I get into stuff like that, I am back into full-blown relapse, no doubt about it. Thank you. Thank
4: you. Thank you. I'm just the right height. Hi, I'm Laura, Recovering Compulsive overreader reader Under-Reader. Hi, everybody. Thank you to the speakers. Um, When people were talking about SLIP, I heard this years ago, and it made sense to me. SLIP stands for sobriety loses its priority, and that always helped me. Um, For years, I really was not sure about, like, a SLIP. Oh, that doesn't that mean you're in relapse? And, you know, I would hear people in the program who had a lot more time abstinent than me saying that they had too much protein, but they were still absent. And I'm thinking to myself, why the heck am I beating myself up for this? And they're okay. Like I realized that I just needed to kind of ease up on myself. It's not a diet, like a diet in calories club. It's a way of life a day at a time. And I do believe in being rigorously honest. Like for me, sugar is an absolute no-no. If you ever see me with something from a certain store like, the double d 's that doesn't look like it belongs in my hand, you know, slap me upside the head, you know what I'm saying because there are certain things I can't rationalize, although i'll find a way, but you know even when i was when I was getting up in the middle of the night and eating um in graduate school my uh i didn't really want to start counting days again, but you know at some point i don't remember whether my sponsor told me I had to or whether I said it, and she I think she might have told me, and I was like, okay. I mean, it wasn't that long that it happened. And there were some people, like in my old program or my where I used to live, where they would allow themselves like a piece of something, you know, a protein in the middle of the night, and that was part of their abstinence. But for me, it was the way I was doing it. It was compulsive. I couldn't stop, and so that was not okay. So I had to start counting days again. Even now with my freedom from middle of the night eating, Thank you, God. You know, I'll have, God willing, 25 years. But there was one night when I got up, and I had the worst pain in my bunion that I've ever had. So I took a beverage, a liquid beverage, to take this pill for medicine. I was like, wait a minute, is that food? Is that, wait a minute, did I break my abstinence? Oh, my God, oh, my God. I mean, I was, like, beside myself. And I thought, you know what, Laura? Your intention, thank you, wasn't to do anything terrible. You weren't going to drink the whole gallon of whatever it was. Let it go. And, you know, the next night, God was had a very good sense of humor because the next night I had the same exact pain, but the next night I took it with water. I was like, yeah, excellent, good girl, good girl. So I don't know. It's just a day at a time with this stuff. But um, I guess what people are saying about the rigorous honesty is really important and, and not being afraid to tell the truth to somebody, even if it's somebody who anybody Somebody in the program, like, just for me, I have to just be honest and say it and get it off my head. And then after that, then I need to take certain actions to rectify the problem. And, uh, you know, that's why it's a program of action. I'm done. Thanks.
5: Hi, everyone. Can you hear me well enough? My name is Roxanne. I'm from Ottawa, Ontario. And I'm really happy to be here today because... um, one of the reasons, well, the main reason for me being at the convention is because I was struggling with the whole idea of uh, slip versus versus relapse. I've been slipping for quite a while now, and I can't say that I've lost my abstinence because I'm still not eating my trigger foods. However, I've lost a lot of my discipline, and I've really been struggling with that. And it's funny because at one point I thought, why don't I just turn back the clock? Why don't I just start at zero again like so many other people do? And I think the reason I didn't is because perfectionism is one of my character defects. And the question I had to ask myself as I was praying on it was, and speaking with my sponsor about it was, if would turning back the clock and start, starting at zero again, would that be helpful in any way to my recovery? And the answer was no. In fact, I realized that part of perhaps the subconscious reasoning behind wanting to turn back the clock is because I was feeling a lot of pressure at the time I was working a lot, I have three sponsees, and I thought, oh, great, if I, leave my op- uh, if I lose my abstinence, I won't have to have sponsees anymore, and I won't have to go to meetings anymore, and blah, blah, blah. And then I thought, whoa, what's that? You know. And someone told me once that slip means something lacking in program, and I realized that my biggest problem was I had, I had worked the steps, all, all 12 steps with my sponsor and um, in 2013 and 2014, and then I kind of stopped. You know, unless I was having a major issue that was really bothering me, then I would 12 step the issue or the problem. And then I'd go along my merry little way again and I wouldn't think about my steps again. So I'd go to my meetings, I'd talk to my sponsor, I'd do all those ritual kind of things, but I wouldn't actually sit down, pick up the pencil, and, and, and work my steps. So I'm really grateful to be here, and I'm grateful to your message, Chauncey and Eddie, because it makes me realize that I don't have to be perfect, but I do have to get down and, and, and uh, get to work. So thanks for being here.
6: Hi, my name's Megan. I'm from Westchester County, New York. I'm a food addict and a compulsive overeater, and I need to say both. Um, so I've been abstinent imperfectly for over 10 years. I was a caregiver for my mom who was dying very slowly for about six years until she died, uh, last year. And it was like the first time, like I had a slip here or there, like once on vacation or but like literally like one thing didn't, you know, that my food was fine, talked about it with my sponsor, did the slip inventory. Um, but when my mom was in ICU about to die, I was going to pick up. And I called a friend, and she's like, I love you, don't do it, but if you do it, I still love you, and call me after. So I called the restaurant to get my binge food, and they were out of it. (laughs) And, you know, like, it's a restaurant I go to, but there's food there I don't eat. And a couple weeks later, the person told me they weren't really out of it. She just didn't want to make it because it was going to take more time. (laughs) So my higher power works. Um, But So I was holding on to a lot of anger being a caregiver, for my mom and holding on to a lot of anger at my brother for never not helping out the way I want him to. Because gosh darn it, I can't make other people do what I want. It's the biggest problem of my life, actually. Um, So I did the step study this summer and I let go of my anger. And when that left, I got sad and I started grieving for my mom, who whenever people would be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry your mom died. I'm like, oh my God, she was dying for seven years. Come on, get over it. And then all of a sudden, I started getting sad. And then my brother, who I was able to forgive and talk to, moved away. So now I had no mom, no dad, no brother, and I was all by myself. And I started telling myself, oh, my God, I'm an orphan. I'm all all alone. Meanwhile, I have, like, friends and other family and people who love me. And then, you know, that gluten-free stuff started looking real attractive. You know, I don't eat flour. I don't eat sugar. And then you start rationalizing, like, oh, but that's gluten-free. There's no flour in there. And I know that that means that my my higher power is testing me. Did I did I fill up with spirituality that day? Did I do the right thing? But I tell you, these feelings are tough, the sad feelings. People don't really, I mean, I don't know how to talk about them. And things start getting attractive. Um, and I really am just talking today so I don't relapse because now that I'm in my feelings and, life is big and I have this opportunity to change jobs and it would be like a lot of financial insecurity, I want to just make sure that I commit to working my program harder and get the willingness to go back to weighing and measuring every day. Because if you do that, there's no question. So
7: I just want to say thank you. Hi, I'm Mallory and I'm a compulsive eater. Um, thank you to the speakers. And, um, this, the, the topic of slip versus relapse really resonated with me. So, um, I wanted to be here because, and somebody else had essentially shared what I've been going through. Um, I've been struggling a lot with the idea of abstinence and, um, I went to an abstinence versus plan of eating workshop and I'm, I'm, am trying to g- gather information. Um, But I still struggle because if I want to define abstinence, and OA, I believe, defines abstinence, and it includes food behaviors. And so there's a difference for me between abstinence of adhering to my food plan in terms of certain red light foods, certain alcoholic foods, certain trigger food, whatever you want to call it. I have not engaged in that for X amount of time. But I can certainly not eat abstinently so if i'm being honest with and and there's like a slip and then there's a i'm doing it to soothe or what I, the my, my my motivations for this behavior this non-abstinent food behavior i i know it and you know it's like um i can't really lie to myself i can try to rationalize to myself but i can't really lie so then i have like those feelings of guilt and, and all of that stuff um but like with all these different definitions of abstinence, like the more gray area – like my, my disease lives in the gray area. So I just – I don't know sometimes um, because if I define abstinence as purely ingredient-wise, yeah, I can say that I'm abstinent. If I define my abstinence as ingredients plus food behaviors, no, I'm not abstinent. Um, and then in in other uh, fellowships of recovery, they have – It's it's a little different but it's still – relates in that, like, they call it, like an AA, for example, they call it a dry drunk, and they, they use the word abstinent, because they are truly abstinent from that substance, thank you. Um, but they use the word sobriety to mean what we refer to as abstinence. So it's just like, it's a lot of terminology, and it's just like, I don't know, because in this fellowship, all three, you know, there's, there's overlap in all of that. Um, so it's just, it's really confusing to me sometimes, and I like structure. I think a lot of us can relate to that. I like black and white, but on the flip side, that could be disease thinking. I can't be too rigid. But is that rationalization? Is that, you know, so I'm back and forth all the time. And I think the bottom line is, um, it's about my motives. It's the first compromise, because it re- and I can't start compromising or negotiating with the food. And it's about my motives. What are my intentions? Um, But I guess it's really, really scary. And so somebody else had shared, "Will will this be helpful for me? Because I've also done the whole thing. Well, technically, I didn't eat abstinently. Therefore, I broke my abstinence. Therefore, let's really not be abstinent because we're out there, right? So that's probably not helpful either. So I just... God worked through another fellow and encouraged me to share right now, so that's what I'm doing. So thanks. Hi, my name is
8: Susan, and I'm a compulsive overeater and grateful to be here. Um, So when I got in the program, I got a sponsor and I got abstinent, and I stayed abstinent for a whole bunch of years. And, you know, but I always heard, you know, yet, you know, you're eligible too. So I understood that that could happen in a person's journey. I hoped it wasn't going to happen in mine, but it did. Um, you know, when it started, I, I was in Cincinnati visiting some cousins, um, and there was something, and I took this much, a little pinch. And then everything was fine for weeks, maybe months. And then some other time, I took another pinch. These are sugar foods, and I hadn't had sugar foods for a very long time. And nothing happened. And it was, oh, you know. So, but those are slips, right? And over the last few years, life happens, things happen, feelings happen, and it took on another life than just a little pinch. Now, you know, this is a program of supporting each other and loving each other and caring about each other. And I don't like to use the word relapse because to me, to me, I'm sorry, it means I failed. And I refuse to define my experience as failure because I have never left these rooms. I have never stopped doing service. I have never stopped getting up every day and starting with an abstinent breakfast and planning to have an abstinent day. And then somewhere along the way, I lose my my path on the road. I never say, the heck with it. I'm off my food plan. I'm giving up. So I've never stopped in my mind, intending to be abstinent. So I'm not going to use that word, but I do know, and someone talked about it, in my heart I know I'm not abstinent. My program is not where it was. It's not where I wanted to be. So, you know, I just, I just one day at a time know that if I keep coming and I keep doing the right things that I will be back with my abstinence. So thank you.
9: Hi, my name is Jerry. I'm a compulsive overreader. For all of you that can't hear me back there, move up closer. (laughs) Anyhow, we'll start with, I've been in the program 19 years, and I'm bragging. I've been to 19 conventions, and I've been to three meetings meetings a week, seven days a week, all the time. Uh, This is my life. There is no life after this. And I can tell you this, that a slip, to me, what I found out in program, a slip is a learning experience. Every time I slip, I learn. I learn why I slipped, how I slipped, and that'll teach me what I have to do the next time a slip is about to happen. And these are the things that program has taught me. Every time I come to a meeting, I go home, and my wife says, are you going to get down off that high, or do we have to wait about four days? Because when I go home, all I talk about is my program and my my people that are here and everything else. And You know, God works in mysterious ways. In 19 years, my wife has never came to a com- convention with me. This year, she said she was coming to a convention with me. And I said, oh, that's great, and this and that. Well, the long and short of it is, my oldest daughter says, Mom, you forgot the 26th is your doctor's appointment. So she said, uh, then you can't go with Dad to the convention. So she says, you know, I can't come to the convention with you. And I smiled. She says, you seem to be happy about that. <laughs> I says, no. I says, I'm just happy you're going to the doctor. But, you know, the, everything I've learned in program, and, you know, the four S's, who haven't heard it, the four S's stands for... A sliver, a slice, a slab, a slob. And all of those things you learn in program. If you tell that to somebody on the outside, they don't have any concept of what that you tell somebody four S's, hello, they have to look it up on Google. Thank you.
1: Anybody want to share? We still got about 10 minutes. I up there for 10
9: minutes.
1: I just want to say one thing to let you know. May 1st of this year, I was absent 25 years. I forgot to put that in.
10: I'm Gary, very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from New York. Hi, Gary. Thank Welcome. you. Uh, thank you to the speakers, the qualifiers. Um, December will be 17 years in program. I came in at 330, lost 130 pounds in 15 months, and been keeping off 120 uh, for about 15 and a half years. And within that time frame, uh, I did have a relapse, and I've had a few slips. So I'll just share my experience on uh, what the difference is for me for those um, slips are great. Uh, relapses are not fun. Slips are great because for me they're short and it's a lesson. And the lesson is I'm still living in powerlessness. That's my acronym for slip. I'm still living in powerlessness. It takes me right back to step one, and that's where I need to be when I slip. Whether it's an extra piece of food or an extra protein serving. I need to get back and realize that I'm still living in powerlessness over, these, over food and my inability to handle the stresses in my life without going back to the food. Relapses are where that continues uh, for a period of time, and you know it when you can't fit into your pants. Uh, you know it when people are starting to look at you a little bit funny in the rooms. They're not quite ready to say anything to you, but you know, some, you know they're starting to notice. Um, so I had, I had a relapse last year, uh, and it, it, the lesson for me was that, uh, as they say, this disease doesn't go to sleep, it's just stronger as the years go by, so in six or five weeks, I put on 30 pounds, um, and part of it was a result of my having to relearn or unlearn a lesson that I had from my childhood, which was that whenever I was sick, or I got injured, uh, my parents would give me food, no matter what it was, whether it was a flu or a scrape. Thank you. Uh, And I got very, very sick. I was hospitalized. And um, food was a solution because I couldn't sleep. Um, I couldn't get up in the mornings to do my rituals. So this went on for five or six weeks uh, till God bless January 1st. uh, And I was able to turn that all over to my sponsor and start all over again. So... That, for me, is the fundamental difference. The slips are very short-term, very quick, a great learning experience to get me back to step one. Relapses are great because it gets me back doing the whole program. I had to go back through all the steps again, uh, start using the tools, did a 30 and 30 and I'm grateful to be up here saying uh, it's, uh, January 1st will be a year. Thanks.
11: Hi, I'm Anne, compulsive overeater. Hi, Ann. I've been imperfectly abstinent for 14 years. And I came here because it was the topic that scared me the most. And I went and I felt that defensive feeling start to creep up. <coughs> and I'm going, uh oh, I better go there. And I wasn't going to say anything, but then nobody was speaking, you know, so I had to. Okay, so when I say I'm imperfectly abstinent, um, when I'm at home, I'm pretty rigid about what I eat, um, and then when I'm in restaurants, I'm more flexible, and a lot of times I worry a lot about that. Um, also, there's been situations, and I tend to eat more, I think, in restaurants. I have one friend in program who part of his absences, abstinence is to never go to a restaurant. Um, I, I, haven't gotten there yet, but this time I am bringing my own food to this convention. I'm not going to eat off the buffet. Um, And I I did that in my mind because of expense, but in fact I'm more abstinent that way, or more perfectly abstinent. Um, And there have been issues like when I was doing the colonoscopy or days when I'm hiking all day long for 10 or 11 hours straight, um, where I deviate from my usual food plan. And I feel kind of crazy about that. Or, you know, sometimes I do acting. When I'm on set, you know, the breakfast is at 7 and lunch is at 3 and then there's a snack and I don't usually do snacks, you know. And so I feel crazy about it when I do do a snack. Um, but basically, I I feel that I'm still abstinent. I mean, I haven't gone back to my binge foods. I haven't um, and I, and I've and, and to me, a relapse would be if I couldn't get back on my food plan the next day, um, like the previous speaker said. So, one minute. Thank you. I am I, uh, still crazy about food. It, it's still laced with guilt for me. Every time I put something in my mouth, I, this something, like today, I, I had some food in front of other people that I know a lot of people feel they can't eat that it's not in their food plan. And I feel guilty. Oh, they're going to think. But I have been eating that food all along and it hasn't made me binge, you know. Um, I've had people give messages in meetings, you know, because we have the one where we're allowed to bring our lunch. Oh, I can't eat that. I feel like they're cross-talking my food, you know. (laughs) Um, But I do have... Rigid boundaries around what I eat, and um, just because they're not the same as somebody else's rigid boundaries. doesn't mean that it's, it's not abstinent. I'll, I'll pass.
12: Thank:
11: you. Hi.
13: Um, my name is Lisa. I'm from Westchester, and um, and I'm anorexic. So being anorexic, a slip for me, is different from binge eaters. Being anorexic means that you skipped a meal. And for me, um, I've been abstinent for two and a half years now. I've been in program three years, um, ever since I got a sponsor. So that first six months when I didn't have a sponsor, I was not abstinent. There was no way. But I've had many slips and slides, and... I came to this meeting because I'm always trying to, you know, like decide like, okay, is this a slip or is this a lapse or is this a relapse? So I do kind of play around with it. I still like to say I'm abstinent, but for like a slip for me would be like if I skip a meal. Like I said, um, now I consider a brunch not skipping a meal because that's what normal people do. Like sometimes when you go out, you know, later and it's like 1130, well, you don't want to eat. I eat um, breakfast sometimes 10 or 11. You don't want to eat breakfast and then eat lunch again at 12. So I I don't know whether to consider that a slip or not. Um, I obsessively weigh myself, and you're really not supposed to weigh yourself. And I love my scale. I mean, it's just such a happy time when I get out of the shower and I go on the scale, and I'm just like, like, this is going to make my whole day, like, but the whole thing is it's never low enough, no matter what I weigh. Like if I, if I lost weight, like I'm thrilled, but I have to continue to do what I'm doing. And if I gain weight, oh my God, then I have to restrict even more. And if I stayed the same, well, oh, well, now what do I do? So slips and slides has been really a problem for me, and that's one of the reasons I came to this um, to this convention. Because I really need to work on my program more, so I just felt like I needed to share that. Thank you.
12: Hi, I'm Patty from Burlington, Vermont. Hi. Hi. Um, I had a, a I, I, when I first joined the, the um, Oh, wait, like about three years ago, I didn't have a problem losing, you know, the weight. I dropped 60 pounds and whatever, and then I had a bad breakup, and I said that was the end of that, and I just couldn't get myself back on track again, and um I still couldn't. I was like fighting. Something was going on, and I just couldn't figure out why because I kept slipping, and then I went into relapse, and I know that. You know, I'm trying to get back on again, but um, I figured out as time went on that I was protecting the little girl inside me that had been hurt so much, you know, with abuse and different things. And it was much harder for me to get right back on the horse again because I didn't want to go through that bad breakup. I didn't want to go through the abuse again. I didn't want to go through all that stuff. But then it was finally, you know, time to... Um, I realized after a little while that that little girl doesn't need me to protect her anymore. And, you know, that I gave her to God and my higher power, whoever, and that's what I call him. And I've been starting over again. Like, I've been very abstinent this week weekend so far because I've, you know, eating the food that I brought and been, you know, trying to eat what I need to of it and that kind of thing. So I've you know, been staying away from the the things that my binge foods that you know caused me to gain the weight. So, anyway, I just wanted to share that that I'm still in relapse, but I'm getting there. So, thank you for all being here.
1: That's all the time we have. Uh, how about us all join hands and say the Serenity Prayer? We're all hooked up. God, God grant me the serenity, serenity to, to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I, I can, and the wisdom, wisdom to, know to know the, the difference. Amen. Not, not mine be done. done. Keep okay. coming back.